0: Have I got a treat for you today here on the Music Teachers Expand Online podcast. I am joined by Ashley Young of the Prosperous Piano Teacher podcast in part one of two episodes that the two of us recorded together. This episode is dropping into the Music Teachers Expand Online feed today and the second half is dropping into her podcast feed on Monday. The premise of our conversation is about owning it owning your genius your creativity your uniqueness online okay Hi, I'm Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode 287 of the Music Teachers Expand Online podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping independent and passionate music teachers create income and impact online. As I said in the intro, I have Ashley Young here, and this conversation is designed to help you embody the brilliance that you are. Let's get into it. Ashley, welcome to the Music Teachers Expand Online podcast. I am super excited to be doing this two-part episode with you. We're doing this episode here on the Music Teachers Expand Online, and then we are doing the second half over on your podcast. So I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself and your podcast, and then we'll get into our topic at hand.
1: Sure. Hello. It's so great to be here. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to dive into our topic today and to do this pairing of our episodes. Um, I think it's going to be really, really fun for listeners to hear both of our takes on some of these topics that we're going to discuss. Um, I'm Ashley Young. I am the host of the Prosperous Piano Teacher podcast that I started back in May of 2023. And what I do on my podcast is really explore topics that help piano teachers learn how to, first of all, really check the health of their current business and make sure that it reflects the kind of life that they want to lead. I find that a lot of teachers are stuck um, you know, teaching students they don't want to teach or with kind of an income ceiling for themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I help them move beyond that. We talk a lot about mindset. We talk a lot about tangible strategies that they can use. And then, of course, also on the topic of expanding online, because that is something that I am also very passionate about and that I've done a lot of through my YouTube channel and my Instagram um, and just online teaching and course creation and stuff like that. So I can't wait to chat with you today.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So in our pre-conversation, we really discussed the topic of owning it. And I think that you kind of alluded to that as like kind of one of the big premises of your podcast. but owning and feeling the authority um, in whatever it is that you decide to do. And of course, for me, it's always about expanding online, whether that is creating something new or taking what you do offline in studio and putting a an online spin on it, you know, with private lessons and even group lessons and programs and stuff. Everything that you do offline and in person can translate. It doesn't necessarily translate one-to-one online. And I think that that's where the owning it kind of falls flat is that people are like, I I don't know. So let's talk about that. Like, what do you find is the most difficult thing uh, when someone's saying, I want to try to do this online, but...
1: Yes. I think a lot of times, well, there's so many things (laughs) that fall into that category of what stops people. But the thing that I hear the most often and the thing that I've experienced myself is, first of all, the technology side of it, of just figuring out how to do the things. And I think that a lot of that has to do with what we're telling ourselves, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I, my, my past and a lot of the teachers that I end up working with have a past in classical music and maybe they've gone and gotten a degree or several degrees in performance. And when you go to get a degree in performance, at least when I was in school and up until fairly recently, it's kind of an old school degree. Like you're doing a lot of pen on paper, you're doing a lot of like on an acoustic instrument practicing, and you're not learning the, the online resources, right? Like I didn't know anything about email management or I had to figure out how to learn how to use Zoom when I first switched to teaching online. And so it felt like the technological barriers were so high, but at a certain point, I had to believe in myself that I could do it, right? I had to trust that I could seek out the skill set and just dive in and figure it out. And when I look at people like clients that I've worked with that have been really successful, or when I look back at times in my life when I've been able to make those jumps to the next level in my business, it's always involved me just sitting down at my computer, used to be late at night, thankfully it's not late at night anymore, but like diving in, watching YouTube tutorials, just trial by fire, kind of like figuring out how to do it. And I think that that takes that mindset of like, I can figure it out. It takes that grit or that willingness to be able to just go for it. Um, And I think that's scary. It can be really scary when you're first thinking about doing that.
0: Absolutely. And I think that one of the reasons why it's so scary is because you've gone through school. You've gone through the processes to be who you are and how you show up. And now all of a sudden, you're taking baby steps again. And it's so hard to go back and take new baby steps. And I think that when we say we're not taking baby steps, instead we are taking – a new path to see the sunrise from a different vantage point. And we don't think of it as starting over, but doubling down. It changes that mindset. It changes the experience and the willingness to put in the effort or to seek out the solutions, whether that is YouTube videos, like you mentioned, or you know, listening to this podcast, listening to other podcasts, hiring a coach, a mentor, joining a course any of those things in order to make it possible to achieve the goal that you have set out on.
1: Totally. And I love what you said about it's not starting over as a beginner. One thing that I think can be really helpful is looking at where you are now in the present moment and you look at your your goal and whether that's a huge goal or a small goal, the only thing that's standing in the way of you reaching that goal is consistency and maybe the acquiring of new skills or new knowledge. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be really helpful to look back at all of the times in your life that you've already done that because we're all doing that constantly, right? We're reinventing ourselves. And I don't think that people celebrate that success enough or look back and say, wow, okay, I was able to memorize all of that music and put on that recital, or I was able to fill my studio with X number of students. And when you look back to the past, you can see the other times in your life where you know there was a clear point where you didn't have the information that you needed and you were able to learn it or, or get it, absorb mm-hmm. it, and then you were able to level up in that way. And I think we can use the past and evidence of other times that you've done that to help fuel you for the future and to remind you of exactly what you're saying, Jamie, which is like, it's not that you're starting over. It's not that you're a total beginner. It's just you need that, that new skill set in order to reach that next level.
0: Yeah, and I think that one of the things that um, is really important is to stand in your genius, stand in your success, and say, if I was able to get on stage in front of five hundred people and perform my own, uh, you know, composition or perform a piece of Mozart or Bach or whatever it is, I know that I've put myself in spots where I didn't know if I was going to succeed, and I did. And that's all about owning it. I mean, that's all about saying I can push myself because I know that I can achieve any result that I am going for. And I know a lot of what you talk about and what you help your clients with is the mindset and really making sure that we're in the right head space and even the right heart space in order to – embrace the the thing we're doing next to embrace mm-hmm. what it looks like and making sure that we're creating like right-sized goals as well <laughs> that's that's another big thing so let's let's talk about that a little bit
1: sure I think that's so important and when I go back to you know, school and performing and competing and stuff like that. My one of my favorite teachers of all time. She used to always just say "fake it till you make it," and I think that that saying gets a little bit of a bad rap now. But she laid the foundation for maybe a more empowering or um, beautiful way of saying that, which is to think about who you are in ten years or five years or two years, or maybe you're thinking of another person. This is something that I do almost on a daily basis, thinking of either myself in the future or another person and thinking about like, what kind of choices are they making? What kind of feelings do they have? What kind of skills do they have? How much confidence do they have? And then embodying that in the present. And that goes back to what you're saying about owning it and showing up in like your unique brilliance and being able to let that shine. And that's really difficult to do in an online space. I, I had a client the other day say to me, she's like, "I just want to be like you where you're just like confident online all the time. And I was like, "Oh, my gosh, I can't believe that that is what comes through because that is not how I feel, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are days where it is easy to show up and be confident online. And there are days where I literally have to like do power poses and <laughs> and like give myself affirmations and remind myself that I can do this thing that doesn't always feel easy to do. And I think showing up in your unique brilliance, it's not something that you, like gain the ability and then you're perfect at it, I think it's a practice and I think it's a choice. You have to make the choice every day to say, okay, you can't see me because, but on video I'm like showing you with my hands. I'm going to take this pile of garbage that I tell myself that I can't do it or that I'm not uniquely brilliant. And I'm going to decide to put that over here on the side and I'm going to pick up this other pile that says I can do this. I am brilliant, I have a unique message that the world needs to hear, and that's what I'm going to choose today. But it it is a choice and it's a practice and you have to be consistent in it because it's not perfect, right? It's not that you just acquire this skill and you're like all of a sudden perfect at showing up online. I don't think that's what it is.
0: (laughs) You're absolutely right about that. And I know for me, a lot of things and a lot of time that I'm showing up online, I mean, I've been online. This podcast is over five years old. I've been doing the online thing for well over a decade. I think I'm close to 13 years at this point in time. It's not new to me. However, I still sometimes show up ready to record something or ready to put together a sales page or to have a, a consult call with a potential client or, you know, even a coaching call with a client. And I have to say, I've got this. I know what I need to accomplish in this short space of time and time. I know that what's inside of me, I have to give it permission to come out. I have to say, Mm -hmm. yes, it's okay for me to talk at a more technical level in this situation because It's the right environment. I try not to talk too technical on the podcast because, you know, most of the time we're doing other things. We're driving, we're cleaning, we're walking, we're running, whatever it is. And the podcast is there to spark. Whereas when I'm in a, you know, in a coaching call, it, the podcast, you know, that setting is different. And so sometimes we just have to find the right part of ourselves to tap into.
1: Totally. And I think I did an episode a few weeks ago that people really liked, and it was um, skills that you have as a musician that transfer to business. And one thing that I do think is unique about musicians, and you know, when I talk, I'm mostly talking to piano teachers, is that if you had a point in your life where you were practicing enough that you acquired the set that you were good enough to be able to teach it to someone else, you know that it's about consistency. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're motivated or if you're or how you're feeling about it. I mean, it matters. I care about your personal experience, but it doesn't matter in the decision to show up and do it every day. Right. When you're going to when you want to like put on a recital or you want to get a degree in music, you have to show up and practice every single day, regardless of if you feel like practicing. And I think that that's a really good um skill set that musicians can develop and that they can apply in business as well to whatever you're trying to do whether it's create a course or just show up more regularly on social media like it doesn't matter if you don't feel like doing it you do it anyway because you made that goal and you have to be Mm -hmm. consistent and i heard i hear people say this all the time but i i love it so much the only difference between like you and someone that is 10 years along the journey doing something that you want to do is they didn't quit right? Like they kept doing it even when it got hard, even when they didn't feel like doing it, they kept doing it. And I think there's a lot of power there.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, as you were talking just now, I was going to say, do it anyway. And those words came right out of your mouth. (laughs) And I think that that's something that we don't have to do it perfectly. We don't have to do it – Willingly, <laughs> but we have to do it anyway. I was recently listening to an audio book. It's uh called Quit. It's by Annie Duke, the mm-hmm. former poker player. Um, I just love I love her books. I've I've been you know she had Thinking in Bets and then now Quit that I've listened to. Oh, have to check it and out. yeah, it, you know what I loved about what she said is your success. At something that is, a like, I guess the best example is, if you were a runner and you set a goal of running a 5K and you run a 5K, you succeeded. If you are a runner and you set a goal of running a marathon, but you only ran a half marathon, you feel like you failed. But look at the at the delta. Look at the difference between running a 5K and running a half marathon to the 5k you have succeeded so even if you are on your path on your journey and you haven't reached your goal yet someone who has a smaller goal that they did achieve that is behind where you are is going to look at your success and see that as successful so let's not be so hard on ourselves
1: yes Yes. It doesn't all come fast. It doesn't come easy. And I think there's so much truth in what you're saying. Um, it's so important to celebrate every single little win along the way. Our brains yes. love that feeling of being successful. Right. And I talk about that a lot with my, like the piano players that I coach that are just trying to get better at piano, but it's really important to have little tiny successes every single day. And it's like even, yes, you're right. Like even if you didn't run the marathon or maybe you did a launch of a course and you didn't reach your financial goal, but how much more do you have now than you did before? And the other thing I think is important to think is, is those long-term results too, because if you set the goal, sticking with your analogy of like running a marathon and you were only to make it, you only made it half of a marathon. If you keep going towards that goal, eventually you're going to pass the marathon distance right? Mm -hmm. Like you will, just because you're going to be consistent and you'll keep showing up. And so while you might not have reached it in that exact moment when you were going for it, it doesn't mean you'll never reach it. And it also doesn't mean you'll never surpass it.
0: Right. And I think that that also goes back to like the right sizeness. If you're expanding online and you're first saying, I am going to create a course for 5,000 people, That might not be the right size thing to go with. Okay, I'm in Expand Online. I am going to work with two students entirely online. Achieve that goal and you're going to be able to use that success, that achievement to propel you to maybe create a workshop where you're working with 10 students at one time and then use that success to go to the next goal and to the next goal and to the next goal. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think one thing that people get really hung up on on is the timeline. And that's been hard for me too, because it's like when you set goals, like I'm going to do, I'm going to do this by this time. Mm -hmm. If you are willing to be a little more flexible with the timeline I find that like pretty much anyone can reach any goal. It just might not happen exactly when you want it. That doesn't mean you can't do it though. It just means you you might have more things to learn along the way. And if you can kind of like release the the control or the pressure that you're putting on the timeline, then the goal becomes a lot more realistic if you just kind of recognize that there's going to be a journey to get there.
0: Yeah. And I think that with online particularly and growing a business into this new avenue, growing your studio or teaching studio into this new place, we have to be flexible. I mean, when you said timeline, I'm like immediately thinking of smart goals. Smart goals, I throw them out the window. Specific, measurable, actionable, results-based, and timely. I think I got those right. They make sense. If you're in a large corporation that has unlimited resources to pour into each of those, we're just Mm -hmm. one person, maybe two people, maybe a VA, maybe you've got a team of instructors who work for you. You're still a small business. You're still a tiny business for that matter. Don't expect these big concepts that work for giant corporations and organizations and theories and things like that work the same way for you. Yes, use those same use that acronym and put your own spin on it. Nobody has to set rules for you for how you can own it and you know, and find your own success.
1: Totally, yes. And I do think that's a common thing where people will like, Whether it's the smart rules or like people will read a book and they'll get really excited about the process that's outlined in this book and they'll kind of go really, you know, full speed ahead on whatever it is. But the point that you're making about adapting things to work for your business, I think is so important. And that's something that I am really passionate about of like your business should work for your life. Right. And mm-hmm. if you're implementing systems that don't don't help you get to where you want to be, then maybe check those systems or question them or adapt them, as you're saying, to fit uh, what actually will work for you in your business.
0: Yeah. And that made me think of, you know, like the morning routine that all of these single dudes always get out. <laughs> and if you are a single dude and you are listening to this, know that I'm not talking about you necessarily, <laughs> but you know, like a morning routine is just not practical practical for me. I've got two teenage daughters that I have to get out of the door, you know, and all of that. And you've got, you know, your son, your son right? I have a daughter. A daughter. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I was talking. Yeah. No, no <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and you've got your daughter that, you know, you've got things that you have to do with her. So it, that doesn't mean that you can't still take the principles of a morning routine and apply them in a way that work for your business. So, you know, maybe it's before you start working on those expansion goals and those client acquisition and, and, you know, the social media and all of the things that you want to do online, maybe you spend 15 minutes at the piano and you sit, you get yourself into the right headspace and heart space and where you're really connected to your mission and your why. That's what that morning routine is really trying to connect you with. Totally.
1: Yeah. And I, I love that. I love that you brought up morning routines because I was literally just listening to a different podcast this morning that has nothing to do with music um, about morning routines. And the host was saying the same thing. She was like, I'm I'm on YouTube and I'm watching these people. And, you know, as society, we've just gotten out of control with the morning routine thing. <laughs> she was <laughs> like, who has three hours for a morning routine? Um, but I, I totally agree. I, my morning routine is actually very similar to what you said. So I have a four-year-old and so for a long time, I was. she didn't ever sleep well when she was a baby. She's amazing, but that was like the one thing that was super challenging about parenting with her in particular was that she didn't sleep a lot. And so I loved this idea of like getting up before her so that I could have peace in my morning, right? Mm-hmm. And it just never, ever felt like it was going to happen. And very recently, a couple months ago, I was like, all right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm getting up at 530 because she'll now finally sleep until six o'clock. And so I have adapted a very short morning routine, but it's 30 minutes. And I, I do exactly what you said. I journal about my future. I journal about my vision. I journal about where I want to be and it helps ground me. And it really helps me make decisions for the rest of the day from a place of where I want to go. Because I think that's one of the biggest things that gets in people's ways of building the business they want to build is like they maybe came up with an idea a few years ago, a goal, and then they don't really think about the goal very often and they make decisions in the moment based off of like maybe fear and scarcity of like, I can't lose students or, oh, I need more money. I'm going to take on more clients that I'm exchanging like one hour for a set rate of money. And they're not thinking about that vision that they had. And so for me, it takes actually every single day revisiting that vision in order to keep myself grounded and kind of tethered to the earth where I can make decisions that I know will get me to that longer term vision instead of letting my fear and scarcity take over in the moment and making decisions that ultimately won't, won't get me there.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, just as another, another example, one of the things that I always do is I get my kids off to their morning, you know, things, and then I take my time. I take mm-hmm. my time, I sit down, I look at my at what I have that I need to accomplish in the next week and I reprioritize. I take I, I have my running to-do list and I actually reprioritize it every morning. So if something has a has a deadline, yes, it has to, you know, I have to hit the deadline. But sometimes I sit there and say, oh, I know I'm gonna be able to accomplish this thing because of how I feel right now. Mm-hmm. And that's – I just go with it. And so for me, just kind of grounding myself in the tasks and feeling how the tasks are going to are gonna unfold allows me to have greater throughput but also feel like I am working towards whatever that goal might be.
1: So. Totally. I, I love that. And the theme is taking that time, right? That yes. time of like stillness and of actually – thinking about what you're doing in the day, in the week. Like, what are the things you're prioritizing? Because it's so easy to get like, quote unquote, so busy that you forget to really actually think about like all the stuff that's filling your day or your week or your month.
0: Yeah. So just to kind of tie us back and bring us back into the whole owning it and as we're we're bringing things online, sometimes we don't know what steps we have to take or what steps are the most likely steps. And we have to trust that we're taking steps that actually make sense. And I guess mm-hmm. the, it's like, okay, if there is so much uncertainty, what is it that you can, you know, how, how to kind of like frame your mind so that you feel like, yeah, I have my mind in the right space. I know what I'm going to do. I'm grounded, all of this stuff, and I'm going to take that leap. I am going to look and post on social media saying that I have an opening for a student or I'm looking to find out or, you know, to enroll in a workshop or a course or things like that. Where do we go? Like, what do we do when we know that we don't have all the answers, um, but we have to take steps forward?
1: Ooh, that's a really, really good question. Um, So I think I have a few suggestions for this and people can take obviously the suggestions that resonate with them and then leave some of the others at the door. But I would say my first suggestion would be to set a goal that feels easy, set a goal that feels realistic that you know you can accomplish. So I'll give an example of like I wanted to get more comfortable showing live, showing up live on video. I had done a lot of the YouTube videos at this point, but I wanted to be more comfortable showing up live. I had also done a lot of live teaching in Zoom rooms, but like not live streaming. And so I think it was just last summer. Every week I went live and did a live stream and it wasn't easy, but I was really committed to it. And I didn't miss one. Like even when I had just gotten back in town, I didn't really know what I was going to talk about. I didn't get dressed up. And I just stuck to that goal. And I think there's a lot of power in saying you're going to do something and doing it because it gives you that confidence. It Confidence is not something that you have inherently. It's something that you build, right? It's something that you look back on what you did and your confidence grows because you were successful in what you did. And so I think setting a goal that feels realistic that you know you can accomplish and that you know you can be consistent with is very, very, very important. Especially if it comes to like, you want to show up on social media or like you said, you want to post and get more students. You're not, if you do one post, you're probably not going to get more students. Like it's going to take some consistency of people Mm -hmm, seeing that mm -hmm. message. So I think that's one thing that people can do is just commit to consistency and set a goal that feels realistic that you know you can accomplish. Um, And then two, I think, a, a step that people often skip is really getting in touch with, like, what is your unique brilliance? Because it, you can't step into it and you can't own it unless you're, you really know what that is and you can actually admit it to yourself first and then to other people. And so if you feel like you don't have confidence or you want to, to step up and own it, but you're not sure what you're owning... Dig in and explore that, right? Like what makes you different than other teachers? Why do you want to be online? Like what is it that Mm -hmm. you are offering to people? And the other thing that I think really goes along with that is this idea of getting very deep on what your unique brilliance is. So if you want to be able to show up online and own it, you have to know the many layers of your unique brilliance and what it is. Like, what is your capability and what are you bringing to the space? Every single person has something that makes them the unique that's going to draw people into you. Uh, and so I think just continuing to get clearer and clearer on that. And it will grow and evolve as you practice showing up consistently. Um, but I love to journal on it, right? Like, what am I bringing to the world this month? What am I bringing to my community this, in this next year that's really unique? And how can it value or how can it provide a lot of value for them?
0: Oh my goodness. I mean, I think we could go off of that and have a whole other, you know, huge conversation. But I respect everybody's time and I really want them to listen to the other half of this conversation, which is coming up again on your podcast, which is linked in the show notes. It's coming out in just a couple of days. This one came out Wednesday and then Ashley's comes out on Monday. So go over and subscribe to her podcast so that you get the second half of this conversation. And, you know, actually, before we get there, let's just wrap things up with a little bit of a bow and, you know, a little bit of a teaser and stuff so that people can be like, okay, between now and Monday, what's one thing that I can do to show up and figure out what my consistency is, what my unique value is, how I can do it anyway. All of the things, like all the catchphrases that we've kind of been talking about, do you have or what can you share as an action item for people to take to say, yes, I am going to finally do that thing online with earnest and this is how I'm going to get there? Oh,
1: I love that question. So I would say before Monday, go ahead and put time on your calendar right now, open up your calendar app, open up your planner, put time on your calendar, schedule out 10 minutes of uninterrupted time where I want you to sit down either on the notes app of your phone or with a pen and paper and think about what your bigger goal is. So like where you want to be in five years and what you want to be doing and what is one goal that feels easy that will get you in that direction. So you're going to set that goal. That's what I want you to do before Monday. And then on the episode on Prosperous Piano Teacher, when I'm going to interview you, I think people will get a lot of tact- excuse me tactical ideas about how to go forward with that goal.
0: I love it. Ashley, this has been so, so fun. I will see you on Monday. Sounds great. Have a good one.